to death that nefesh that's wrong about literally everything. I'm ready to cut loose myself. <laughs> the Christian experience has to be sacrificed. Mm. You have to have that soldier attitude. I don't care what they think. I'm here to obey the apostolic commandment. I want to fulfill God's will for my life. Which is the favor that Jesus had from his father by being perfect. Hey guys, welcome. Welcome back. We're here broadcasting live and alive from Florida. And the joy of the Lord and the joy of the Lord is our strength. We want his joy to be your strength. And, you know, it's not that the Lord doesn't want you to have joy. It's just that for many of you, your joy is actually an abomination to him. So he wants that to be cut out so you can have a good and proper joy because in the abominations against the Lord, there can be no everlasting joy. Ooh, there's the fire spurt. He likes that. Holy Ghost. So your joy, if it's in the abominations, must decrease that his joy may increase. The sorrow of the dying animal may last for the night, but hallelujah, the resurrection of the new creature comes in the morning. On the first light of dawn, on the third day, look to the east, and there is Gandalf with the staff of righteousness. Something like that. I may be paraphrasing <laughs> the fire spout. Anyway, the Holy Ghost likes it. He likes Lord of the Rings, which was inspired in many ways by heaven every good and perfect thing coming down and we know that the lord of the rings trilogy is very close to perfection it's very very close <laughs> he likes it <laughs> there are many things that men and women have been inspired to create wonderful things like keurig coffee makers <laughs> nespresso machines you know the little buttons that uh on the car keys so that you can click and unlock and you don't even have to get the key out you can just put your hand on the door handle and it unlocks it for you and that's wonderful we <laughs> love those things those are wonderful gifts from heaven amen that's the difference between divine joy and human joy human joy is temporal divine joy is eternal what's the difference jesus christ taught that one is built on shifting sand and the other built on solid rock Solid rock is the sapphire stones. There's never Steel been... Steel of Shekinah, true metal. Never been a righteous person who hasn't merited the level of the stars. That's written in Daniel 12, 3. And then the righteous will shine forth as the stars in heaven and teach righteousness righteously. Amen. So we need to understand that, that our correction, our, our training is coming from men and women who have merited the rungs of the stars, the true righteous according to the Bible, and not the made-up religion down here on the earth where everyone has an opinion and they say, well, you're wrong, I'm right. No, the stars are the standard, and if you haven't merited them, you have zero righteousness. That's biblical. Now listen to this. Psalms 141, verse 5, let the righteous man smite and correct me, it is a kindness, oil so choice, let not my head refuse or discourage, for even in their evils or calamities shall my prayer continue. Notice it's called choice oil. Refuse not the smitings of a righteous one. Amen. The Bible says the correction of the head, but notice the temptation here, Psalms 141 verse 5 in the Amplified Classic, is to refuse. Now, 
We know most people refuse the smitings of the righteous. Therefore, according to the word, they get no oil. It is written in the word of God that woundings from a friend can be trusted. Right? So when the words of a friend, so Azadik is a friend of God. The smiting of a righteous one is what? It's not going to kill you. It's not going to crush you. It's not going to ruin your destiny. It's simply meant to destroy the works of darkness in your life. And when you get that, when you understand that, you begin to welcome the rod of correction in your life because all it is is the Father's love for you who desires to deliver you from darkness. So all that darkness that has the appearance of light, that has the appearance of fun, that has the appearance of love and purity, but is not. All those things the Father wants removed from you. As you go up the sapphire stones, the temptations only increase to false love, false destinies, other inheritances that are not of God. And he allows, at times, he allows those things to come around to see what we truly want. Because the Father wants to know, in all of his kingdom, who truly wants, even after having been offered everything of the enemy's side, with the appearance of godliness, who really wants to be close to him, not for the things, not for the stuff, not for the inheritance, and even if, even if it seemed like you would walk alone or you wouldn't have the things that you wanted, if all the other things didn't happen, would you still cling to him? Would you still want him and choose him more than all destiny and all inheritance and all riches and all power and spiritual power and abilities? and all friend-making and social circles and all the things that people go after and clothing. What do you want the most? Is it him? And that those few that really choose him will be the closest to his throne forever. And he makes his testing grounds for that through his sent ones, his apostles, as it is written, the man who owned the vineyard sent his servants, and he sent his son. Well, they didn't treat him too well, but the truth is right now we're separating the sheep from the goats. The goats are the ones that choose the earth. The sheep are the ones that choose the heavens. Where are you going to live while in the body? Heaven or earth? You can't have both. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth, Revelation 12, 12, but blessed are you who live in heaven. So we need to understand the immigration process of living in heaven. Everyone says, I want to live in heaven, but they hate the immigration process. Why? Because it requires the righteous man smiting and correcting me, which is the fresh oil. He anoints my head with fresh oil. We think, oh, it's going to be blissful. Well, Jesus Christ said, dash the nations to pieces like pottery. That's the smiting of the righteous. The body still remains, but the 70 demon spirit principalities of the Tower of Nimrod that were put over the nations, they get shattered to pieces. That's the next verse in Psalms 141, verse 6. When their rulers are overthrown in stony places, there's a stony mind. That's the place we're speaking about right now. Their followers shall hear, hear my words, 
that they are sweet, pleasant, mild, and just. The unburied bones of slaughtered rulers shall lie scattered at the mouth of Sheol, as unregarded, as lumps of soil, behind the plowman when he breaks open the ground. <laughs> We're talking about the gospel coming down from the mid-heavens and destroying the works of the devil tonight. We're talking about the latter rain, the rain of the gospel scroll that comes from heavenly Jerusalem. First and foremost, to take out the covering principalities of nations, it takes out the covering of your own souls. That's what makes you a possible participant of the remnant. And that's the buckwheat. Uh, that's there. There's the buckwheat anointing. Now, this is one of the sweetest prophecies, guys. You know how much we've talked about buckwheat the last several months. This week, Rebecca discovered Prophet Bob Jones on YouTube giving a prophetic definition to the term buckwheat. It means little rascals. It was a term of endearment. And it means fun. And what was the other third thing? Oh, yeah. Whew. Bob Jones. Can you believe this? Bob Jones prophesied yeah. the buckwheats 15 years ago in a recording. And we just discovered it this week. Yeah. This, this utterly shocked me, you guys. He said uh, the, the smell. So we've been smelling things in the spirit lately. A lot of smells. We talked about the spaghetti dinner. And uh, we may revisit that at some point because it was excellent. If you ever had a, a really good pasta, you know, like made from scratch pasta, fresh pasta, not the dried up one on the shelf. Some of those are good too, uh, but fresh pasta, mm. like a made from scratch sauce, like all the aromatics, it does something. And we know that fragrance is for the soul. Well, if Jesus had grown up in Italy, we wouldn't have fishes and loaves. We'd have spaghetti and garlic mm -hmm. bread. Yeah, amen. <laughs> that is true. It's really wonderful. So the Lord wanted me to catch a certain fragrance. There was different fragrances and signs and wonders, very specific ones. And he did let me know that Bob Jones had a download, and it would be much easier for me to get the Bob Jones download than to go into the spirit and redo it and redownload it. That would take a significant amount of time. And that's what the prophets are for, right? Every generation, they spent years uh, writing these things down, uh, working it out in the spirit, confirming it, checking it. You know, making a list, checking it twice, trying to find out who's naughty and nice. Basically like Santa Claus, right? That's how it works. <laughs> that is how it works. But uh, <laughs> I hope you can feel the glory today. It's beaming. And I'm just glad to be able to sit up upright and, and do this. The glory has been so heavy today that there's been just... A wonderful transformation and just a wonderful increase of his glory within us and through us and that's the life that he wants you to live so as I'm getting these he gave me a very specific set of words in an order and along with you know Bob Jones and how to find uh, this list and so I found it and I looked through it 
And there were very specific ones in there he was talking to me about. But the one that caught my eye was buckwheat. And I was like, well. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well. And uh, I think it was uh, Bob Jones and Kathy, was it Walters? I'm sorry if I get the name wrong. They had a meeting some years back. And God spoke with them in that meeting on all of these smells. And, of course, the scribes were scribing and faithfully writing it down as the prophets speak. You know, that's how the scribing works. So if you are a scribe, you're called to be a scribe, or you maybe you're, you know, you've got an interest in the scribe anointing and you want to kind of get into it, because the scribing is also related to the inscribing. So there's an impartation in that. What the scribes would do for the prophets is as the prophets would meet and they would speak and they would broadcast the glory, the scribes would write down and organize what they said. Because otherwise, it's just, you know, it's good to have the videos. But how many videos do we have of Bob Jones out there and about hundreds of videos, right? But how many people are actually walking in what he prophesied about? Very few. So it helps you watch and write whatever God is speaking and prophesying and write it down and organize it if you are a scribe because what that does is it helps to prepare the next generation or the next wave of people to walk in it because we're not spending another 40 years reinventing the Kansas City wheel of prophecy right <laughs> we're building upon it we're built exactly so we're, there's no time for you to just go through hundreds and hundreds of Bob Jones videos and just to barely walk in less than what they walked in. You will literally waste your entire life if you do that. You have to grab it and go with it and go higher. And that's what we've done already here. So this is, you know, the next level of things that are happening in the heavens and in the earth. And so if you want to continue and build upon the prophets and not just like trail behind them in a lesser way, in a lesser glory, and live your life basically in the 80s forever. For some, that sounds like a dream. You know, we love the 80s. Some good music, some good stuff there, but um, you can't stay in the past. you got to look to the future. And the future glory is greater than the former glory. Amen. And there are Bible verses for that, but we'll let you ask ChatGPT, and uh, maybe it can help you out. Well, that was uh, as we discovered the buckwheat prophecy. And what was the three things you got it pulled up right I there? I do, yeah. So Bob Jones said on buckwheat, on the meaning of the smell, buckwheat. Little rascals, term of endearment, childlike. Yeah. Having fun. Amen. So if that's you, you are indeed a buckwheat. And so as Brennan was trying to copy and paste down this description of, you know, his reaction to the glory of prophecy. There's a glory of prophecy. And we love the glory of prophecy. Because prophecy without glory is just fortune telling. Amen. How wild is that, you guys? I mean, he prophesied that 15 years ago. We just started speaking about it six months ago. Amen. And, and you know, the same in the same video. <laughs> yes, this is. He wild. was talking oh, about man. the decades and what would happen when he spoke about 2020. The very first thing he said, and I've never caught this before, he said, "2020 stair steps," and that is the exact year that I stepped into Enoch's door and I went up Jacob's ladder in 20 
2020. Bob Jones said 2020 stair steps. In the year 2020, Rebecca discovered the stairway, the Sephiroth. Another prophecy fulfilled. So he prophesied uh, going into the stair steps in 2020 and buckwheat prophecy. And we've been using the buckwheat. Uh, you know, it's a term of endearment. It came right out of the heart of the Father for you. And then we find out it's already been prophesied, you know, like 15 years ago. So it is just really fascinating. Now, as Brandon was going to copy and about paste tw- this I think post. About 20 years ago, actually. 20 years ago? Yeah. And we could share that interview in the RLM Facebook group, too. So Brennan was going to copy and paste down what he'd written to put on another post to share online. And he said, One of the most amazing prophecies I've ever seen. Astonishingly, Bob Jones released a prophecy giving a prophetic definition to the term buckwheat. Bob said buckwheat prophesied of little rascals, a term of endearment, childlike and having fun. While this prophecy really shocked me. When Rebecca discovered Bob saying this in a recorded interview on YouTube this week. Now, when he hit paste, he copied that, and he hit paste. We had another miracle. We talked about signs and wonders and miracles and technology happening lately. Like when I pasted the one that said genes instead of like a copy of code that has like random letters and numbers. Wow. In it. Oh, my gosh. I just got a revelation. And this one, Brandon pasted it. It said, maybe a doodle of seven people in a text. That's what it said. So let me just uh, explain what happened. I'm taking the um, the description from the Bob Jones Buckwheat Prophecy from my wall on Facebook. And I'm going to make it an everyone post to just let everyone know this incredible thing that we have discovered. And when I copied and pasted it, there was a whole sentence that came out of the spirit that didn't exist anywhere else there wasn't those words were nowhere on my computer nowhere online it literally just came out of the spirit in a whole additional sentence and you know what's really wild the spirit just showed me that may was the only part uppercase which is the month we go back to minneapolis may and the seven persons of the seven souls i believe it's very significant amen seven Seven people, so maybe a doodle of seven people in text. And you know, doodle, I was looking into that just now in the Holy Spirit, and I could see the path of lightnings like a doodle going down, you know, like a squiggly line. You know, I am a big-time doodler my whole <laughs> life, even in, uh, even in secondary school, even in, you know, grade school. I've been a doodler as long as I've had a pencil in my hand, and one of the most commonly doodled doodles my entire life was that lightning path and I'd always start exactly and go like that and then right after you hit the the you know hod and then and then that's uh it goes the when we release the doodle and cubes and flowers can't you see the lightnings as the path like there is an anointing on doodle so I would draw a lightning and a house, so there's the house, the tree, the lightning, and then the flower, like the rose. I would always draw the house, the tree, the lightning, and the rose. 
and the stars. I would always draw the house, the tree. I would always draw the house and then the door. I would always draw the house and then the door and the windows. And then I would add a handle onto the door. It was very specific. The house, the door, the windows, the handle to the door, the tree, one tree. There's always only one tree. The house, the door, the windows, the door handle, the tree, the fruit on the tree, the lightning, the rose, and the stars. And then I would draw the cube. So that w those were my number one doodles my entire life. And then the heart, which is, what is the heart? When you follow all those things, the heart of the father. And that's when you go into where it's pink. You know, the old, what do they call the ultimate legendary? Pink stuff oh, in the yeah, game? It's the ancestral unique. And it was the same exact color as the sunset tonight. Amen. So... The doodle prophecies are very strong. I'm excited to see what kind of doodles you guys have. If you are a doodler and you'd like to participate in this doodle anointing, please post a picture of your doodles in the RLM Facebook page. I would love to see that. I will take time to look at those doodles if you have them. Post them. I will look at them. That's the childlike part of buckwheat. Amen. So seven people, seven souls in text. Text, Sefer. Maybe a doodle of seven people in text. Seven people, seven souls in text means text, that's Sefer in Hebrew. One of three modes of communication of the Sephirot. Oh, text is Sefer in Hebrew. That is wild. Yeah. So, one of three modes of communication of the Sephirot. So that's one-third of the modes of communication of the Sephirot to deal with one-third of the angels that fell, which is the written text. That's what it's for, to deal with sin. Okay. And many other uses, but the one-third deals with the one-third. These three books, so and these are holy books. These three books are said to be text, number, and communication. So there are th three modes of communication of the Sephirot. One is text. All three are books. We have text, number, and communication. The Hebrew word for text, as in our doodle example, what it said, maybe a doodle of seven people in text, in Sefer. The Hebrew word for text here is Sefer, which literally means book. Number is sephar so we have s-e-p-h-e-r or s-e-f-e-r remember these are transliterations of Eng in english of hebrew that's why sometimes you'll see a ph or an f it just depends on which transliteration the author has used or the translator has used and both are correct sephar is text sephar s-e-p-h-a-r is book and that is where we get the English word cipher from, as in decoding. You want to decode mysteries with your ciphering, with your cipher tool? What a clear picture of walking on the word as you walk mm. up the sephirot. Amen. Some people are going to go from siphoning to ciphering. 
you can decode the word for yourself. No more siphoning oil, no more stealing glory. Uh, but an unlimited, when you find out the unlimited rich resources of glory, anointing, peace, that passes all understanding, it's all in Christ as you get to know him yourself. You'll switch into the sephirot, which is text, number, and communication. So the book, the text, that's written. When it says it is written, that has implications above and below. Not just that somebody on a kosher scroll with a hand dipped in ink feather that's also kosher, that's been in, in you know inspected for every jot and every tittle so that it's actually a Torah scroll. It doesn't just mean any of that. It's not or just a, a Bible King James Version only printed in a Pentecostal house or a Baptist house. What is text written? It's inscribed, written on sapphire stones in the heavenlies in the invisible realm, which is base reality. Base reality is the invisible realms. Every so when they had I, I, can't, I can't remember what year this was, but I remember hearing about there was a large meeting of the greatest mind, like what would people consider the greatest minds in our world? Uh, philosophers, mathematicians, you know, statisticians, all these the great minds, the great thinkers of the age, and I think this was maybe ten years ago or something like that. It could have sometime like around a big then. Ted Talk or something. Probably just like you know. Who who would they consider the greater minds in, in philosophy? Numbers and computer science and everything. And they did their theology about, you know, the world and life, string theory, blah, 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 blah. And eventually, and this is what I was told about the meeting, eventually, they came to the conclusion that the world we see around us is not and is not possible for it to be base reality. They saw this world that we're living in as essentially a computer program. And that is correct. That is the matrix that you live in. Or just created reality. It's a fallen world. God did not create it fallen. But God created it and it fell because of sin. Mankind's sin. So even if you get the smartest people in the world together and they try really hard to figure it out, even they have to admit this is not base reality. What is base reality? Everything that is visible was created out of that which is invisible. And that invisible world is more solid and real than everything and anything in this temporal world. That steel of Shekinah, that S-T-E-E-L, not S-T-E-A-L, Right, like a solid substance, true metal. That's a good word. Psalm says, "True metal." Shekinah steel. Isn't that funny? A little play on words there. If you steal a Shekinah, you can't expect to have this the Shekinah steel formed within you. No the, solid substance. Psalms one nineteen one nineteen. You put away and count as dross all the wicked of the earth, for there is no true metal in them. Therefore, I love your testimonies. Amen. That's powerful. So these three books are said to be text, number, and communication. The Hebrew word for text here is sefer. Number is sefar. And that's where you get the English word cipher from. So 
That's in Numbers. Mysteries are mysteries in Numbers. One of the whole books of the Bible is called Numbers, because numbers are important to God. And uh, communication is Sipur. S-I-P-P-U-R. Communication. Which is more literally telling. Like, communicating. So you have text number the root and of communication. Sephora. Yep. Yeah, you see that? Sefer. Sephar. And Sipur. So that's the root of Sephora. But Sephar. Sefer. Sefer text. Whew. So, man. Sephirat Sephora. So, whew. What is Sephirat Sephora? The teaching of righteousness. So a doodle is a simple drawing that can be made without lifting the drawing tool from the paper. Doodles can be made up of abstract lines. You know, also there are doodles where you lift the pen or the pencil from the paper. But it doesn't take much effort of the mind. You're not planning in your mind. You're just simply connecting through the paper and writing down whatever is flowing through your hand. Doodles can be made up of abstract lines or shapes, so they can have a specific representational meaning. When the drawing is made without lifting the tool, it's usually called a scribble. There you go, doodling and scribbling. Doodling can help people unwind and calm the amygdala, the part of the brain that controls the flight or fight response. This response is linked to stress and anxiety. So it's linked to calming that part of the brain. Some of history's most influential people were doodlers, and you'd be surprised at how many goofy stick figures decorate the margins of famous historical manuscripts. <laughs> oh, yes. Notable doodlers include too many U.S. presidents and legendary authors to list. Doodling even left its mark in mathematics. The Ulam Spiral. Sounds like Olam. The Ulam Spiral, a popular visual aid for mathematicians, was developed by Stanislaw Ulam, based on a doodle he made while attending a conference. Ulam spiral? That's mm. the Sephirot that goes up for eternity, ever-increasing glory. <laughs> See, whether you're into math, or you're into science, or you're into philosophy, or stats, whatever it is, you're into art, at the very heights of that profession, of that mastery of whatever that is, you will find God if you really are pursuing truth and creativity. It, there's no way to avoid it. You have to try really hard to not find God. <laughs> it's, he's made it so easy to find him. You have to like, really try not to find him. You have to really not want to see him to miss it. That's the truth anyhow. Whew. You yeah. gotta be close-minded to reject the creator. Doodling helps you pay attention. Despite popular belief, doodling actually keeps you focused by creating just enough stimulation to prevent your brain from reverting to its default state or spacing out. Doodling gives you an emotional outlet. If you have trouble communicating or putting emotions into words, doodling can help you express your feelings, even calm you down 
if you're frustrated, anxious, or depressed. Doodling enhances creative thought. The mental state of doodling is between awareness and daydreaming, which makes it great for new creative ideas. It relaxes you just enough that something in the back of your mind can come to fruition naturally. Mm. Sephir, Sephir, Sephar, and Sipur, and this, I may have to find some more of my notes. You know, when I make these notes lately, oftentimes I'll write it down, and then I'll close my eyes, or just stare off into space, you know, with my eyes open. I try not to do that too much, especially in a public setting. You know, he's used to it. Just kind of maybe see me in a daze or <laughs> somewhere. Because I'm looking, but I'm not looking at nothing. I'm looking at things in the invisible realm. And there will be some times when I come back to my senses here that I may, uh, I forget sometimes to write it down. Or I'll know that I have it written down somewhere else. So why write it down again? But, you know, what's interesting is the male and the female of the book. So I may try to find that here in my notes as we continue. And if I do, I'll be sure to share it. Because I think you might want to hear it tonight. But isn't that wonderful? That those sapphire stones are angelic technology that work in text, number, and communication. So when you're reading the word, connect to the sapphire stones. What's written in that word? In the heavens. For you to gain that understanding and use that angel technology to renew your mind. To activate the internal sephirot turning and burning within you. It's like you have a computer and the computer is the word. But unless you plug that computer into power can't really use it. It's like plugging the Bible into the sapphire stones. The sapphire stones are the generation of the power for the Word of God, for your Bibles on earth, to use it for its original intention as a stairway to the Father. Jesus Christ is the Word of God and the stairway of God, and you're going up in the power of the Word in your hearts. Amen. So I found a little section here that has it. And we'll see kind of, well, we'll see kind of where this goes through uh, Ezekiel seven seven. What's interesting is I found my Hebrew name from my circumcision in the Bible, and I know it means a diadem to the a glorious diadem to the remnant, a diadem of beauty. And we've talked about that before, but I found it in Ezekiel. It also means doom, as in your doom has come. Amen. It means fate. It means destiny. And I remember having that uh, Google Translate of a word in tongues that said, uh, that it says, you know, you are destiny. And I didn't understand exactly. That's the name. That's the meaning of my name. And doom, the Lord. Doom is in the Bible 436 times. <laughs> it's true. But it also means fate, destiny. So what are luminaries? What does the Bible say about the luminaries? It says that their light is a blessing to the righteous, but a curse to the wicked. So the light of my luminary is a star created by God, an angelic being of light, a son of God in his image. As that brightness comes forth, it is literally 
glorious destiny, a diadem for the remnant, or your doom has come. <laughs> and uh, which was funny because... Uh, it's doom upon Babylon and woman Babylon, Revelation 17. Her doom has it, come. It also can mean crisis in the sense of doom. And, you know, immediately I was reminded of the Sailor Moon, Super Sailor Moon transformation, which goes something like, you know, Moon Crisis make up, and then she drinks the Holy Grail into her eyes. So she puts the Word of God into her eyes, and it's light, and then powers up to defeat darkness. And I think that's a good word for everyone. Put the Word of God into your eyes so you can power up in your innermost being and destroy the works of darkness. And it's a drink, but it's drunk into the eyes, which causes a power up of the inner man, an increase of Shekinah light. Oh, that was a nice prophecy. Light is doom to darkness. Second Corinthians chapter 2, the fragrance of life to the living and the fragrance of death to the dying. The stronger your light, the more doom upon sin, wrongdoing, immorality, idolatry. And truly, the only thing that holds believers back from walking up the sapphire stone stairway is idolatry. You have to let go. You need to melt down those idols. There's golden calves in the camp that God is requiring of all of you to melt down, to rise on his stairway tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. And I found it in the book of Enoch where it says, Woe to you, you mighty, who with might oppress the righteous, for the day of your destruction is coming. The dawning of day in our hearts is the day of their destruction. Amen. So the so what does it have to do with the sephir? Okay, so the sapphiros awaken. Zephira awakens. So it's about awaking the sleeping ones with light. This is about you know, destiny. People dormant that truly desire and want light that ha that haven't found it in life yet. That's the harvest. Uh, coronet, diadem, crown, fate as coming round upon one. Destiny, fate. The Hebrew word for book, suffer, has the same root as the word Sapphira, as in an individual sapphire stone, except that the former is masculine and the latter is feminine. So the Hebrew word for the book, Sefer. Text. What was the word? Maybe a doodle of seven people in a text. A text, Sefer has the same root as the word sapphira, except that the former is masculine and the latter is feminine. What makes the sapphire stones? What is The individual is sapphira. Each stone, that's what they're called. It means that they receive the emanations of glory that come down from the Father of Lights. So sapphira is the feminine version of book. A Sefer Torah, or Torah scroll, is a handwritten copy, a handwritten copy of the original, a handwritten copy of the first five 
books of the Hebrew Bible, also known as the Torah. These three books are said to be text, number, and communication. Sefer, book, number, Sefar, where you find the word cipher. Communication, Sipur, which is literally telling. So Sipur tells us what Zipporah, but also a bird, which represents the angelic realms. The angelic, the angel-like sons of God and who I am in Christ why does that matter? The Lord showed me, he said, when you are your destiny scroll, which is destiny itself, which is fate coming into the earth, those who fight you are fighting destiny. That's why anyone who's come around to oppose me, you find their destiny destroyed, not because I destroyed destinies, it's not my calling, it's to bring forth destiny, but when you fight against fate, when you fight destiny, when you fight the sent ones of God, you destroy your own destiny. So it's very important in this time, in this day, to loose yourself from strife. You can't compare your walk in your destiny to Brandon's. You can't compare it to mine. You are created with a specific purpose. You are a unique original. God did not make a mistake when he wrote your destiny scroll. God did not make a mistake when he sent me. He did not make a mistake when he sent you. If you step into who he created you to be and not who the enemy is trying to convince you to be, you will walk in power and authority and grace and favor. You will walk in abundant peace, abundant life, and abundant joy. It's time to come out of the lies Again, there's no time and there's no room for striving and jealousy of blessings and so on while Clippeth sorcerers are sitting on trillions of dollars. Unrighteous mammon. All the wealth is to be transferred to the righteous. So step into your destiny, which is apostolic authority and leadership for your life. Why? Because God wants to limit you? No. Because God wants to protect you with a canopy of Shekinah glory, which is love. There is no false light. There is no false love in righteousness. And so as people are making decisions, and you'll get to make decisions all the way up, every time you go up to another level, the door on the elevator opens, and Satan offers you all of the good things that your soul desires apart from God, while he makes it look like it's from God. If you want to know how to interpret your visions and dreams, this is how you'll do it. The Lord showed me this today because I've been having a lot of dreams. And our people have a lot of dreams. How do you know? We talk about testing the spirits while you're in the dream. Testing the dream through the word of God. But here's how you can see how much of the dream is what. Look at your rung. Where are you? The dream that comes down. I am burning up right now. This is fire. You take the dream that you received that came down and subtract all the foreskins and membranes that are above you that you have not circumcised yet. So what does that mean? So look at how many, look at the exact number 
I would encourage you, count how many foreskins you have left, foreskins and membranes, between Keter of the 10th week and where you're at. All of your dreams and visions that come down are affected in some way by those. So whenever I'm looking at my own visions, this is what I do for myself. This is not a hypocritical thing. I look to see, even in my experience, like in going to heaven, God tested me. And one thing, uh, looking at how things are in heaven, he allowed you to see the way you see, to see how you respond to him and how you judge the things of heaven. That's very normal. This might not make sense to some people. <laughs> but um, it's wonderful. So this is what I do, and this is what you can do. Take every vision and dream that you have and count up the foreskins and membranes that you have left and look at the faults there. So understand, okay, so I saw this vision or I'll have this dream. Here are the places where I'm not going to be able to see it correctly. So it's your dream or vision, whatever you're seeing, minus those foreskins and membranes. So if it skews to the left, skews to the right, whatever, you know, I've got about this much, so this and this and this and this. It starts to get more and more pure the higher you go up or the more you're submitted to authority, godly authority in your life. You can have a very pure experience. But most of all your experiences, you'll have to measure what you received minus those amounts of foreskins and membranes and in that you can be able to discern what the intended message was as well as discern your own weaknesses that's what i do with my visions certain things if i see something kind of dark i can judge myself <laughs> this is revelation 2 5 so jesus christ says Remember the heights from which you have fallen, which is counting those foreskins and membranes yeah. to the full resurrection over the curse of the fall, the 10 weeks. Right. So I'll have a vision or I'll have a dream. And when there's any little something, or even if I think it's really good, I'll look and see, all right, well, there's probably a little bit of this from this one and this one. That's, that's not dealt with yet. And a little bit of this and this, or a little bit of the weakness kind of here. And so then you can kind of measure and say, well, that's probably this thing that he's dealing with, but this is what it is. You know, the Spirit just said to me, during the church age, we conquered the curse of the law because there's so much grace teaching. During the kingdom age, we conquer the curse of the fall. Amen. That's powerful. So be encouraged that uh, if you... Oh, my... <laughs> my... Uh, Prophet finger keeps twitching today. So during all the buckwheat stuff and during all these different interpretations and I had written something down and I'd said it out loud and my prophet finger kept twitching. I guess that's a good part to read it. Um, but yeah, as far as Sapphira being an individual book, Sapphira is the feminine version of Sephir. But what is it? It's a word that's written. What's my name, Sapphira? But instead of with the S, it's the T Z, the Zadi, which means you know it means Zadik, but it means righteous one. So it means the text being righteous, and the restoration of righteousness. But it's also a hand copy of the original written word, 
which is what the firstborn of the bride of Christ. That uh, supernatural sign and wonder of that whole sentence coming out of the Spirit in the paste. And yet understand, our RLM scribes have been prophesying lately that more and more text would be coming out of the Spirit and materializing supernatural in electronics. And it happened to me tonight. And it had her name in it. It had the, uh, the seven, the seven souls in it. It had so many clues into it. And it's just so rich. It's like the days of uh, Daniel where the text would just come right out and be written on the wall in front of people. This is going to start happening a lot more as the Spirit conquers the natural. Amen. And when my finger had started to twitch a lot and after the buckwheat thing and I I'd written something and spoken something and it started to happen again. And this was it. The Lord confirmed to me that as long as there is a remnant of a remnant of a remnant who hate false love and persist in circumcising their membranes and foreskins on sapphire stones i will stay in the earth and he will not take me and then immediately after i'd spoken this out loud to brandon here at the apartment the bible was going on in the living room and it immediately said i shall live and not die so too bad for the enemies of righteousness we're here to stay and complete the work as long as they're remnant Oh, the remnant of oh, the remnant continues to work. Oh, I feel oil and fire all over my face. Continues to work on hating those, uh, uh, what do you call those membranes, invisible ones. As long as you continue to hate uh, wickedness and hate false love, that's the main thing. As long those of you who rise, and this is the remnant. I'm not talking to the other people. I'm talking to the remnant of a remnant of a remnant. You guys, as long as you continue to hate false love in all of its higher looking better looking more subtle forms the higher you go it only looks more subtle so if you continue as you go up to hate that then there will always be the training in righteousness uh, with the zadik in the earth and that's something the lord has uh, promised and spoken before there were before we got down to one timeline when there were many possible timelines we talked about that if you've been if you're new to the channel you can check out rlm when there were multiple possible timelines, I had many dreams, uh, 2020, uh, and then I think maybe 2021, but definitely again, even this last summer, I had many dreams and visions of the Father taking me out of the world. And it depended on if people were going to settle for the false harvest or the higher forms of deception of false love. If that indeed happened, he was going to remove me because he doesn't want me to have to go through, I don't, you know, I didn't come here to re-pioneer twice, right? Once it's already pioneered, you've done your job, right? So if people decide to go back into that, that he was going to be like, that's it. I'm taking you home. We're not going to deal with that anymore because you, no one has to suffer through that twice. It's not. You know, the sun was prophesying okay. tonight in mm -hmm. the sunset here <laughs> in Florida, and it was the pink hue. <laughs> which was the same exact color as the ancestral unique items in Diablo 4. And it, the Lord God just said, as we're sitting here, mm -hmm. I am confirming that mm -hmm. there is only one, one timeline. Line. The sun was prophesying mm -hmm. tonight and at sunset. Yep. There's only one timeline left, and it's the timeline Amen. of the righteous one. Amen. And so even though I knew that we were down to one timeline, I had asked the Father today, is this the one that I stay or I go? Now that there's only one left and I wanted, I'd really want it, but I know, you know me, I want to know the truth. I don't want to just be told something I want to hear. 
of course I want to stay. I want I want to stay and finish the work. But um, I know some people are like, no, get me out of here. I'll go. <laughs> you know, but we want to stay. And more than anything, we want to make finish. new earth. Yes, that's what oh, we're here hallelujah. for. Terraform this earth. We want to heal the earth. We want to heal the heavens, new heavens, new earth technicians. And so when I got that confirmation and my finger, my prophet, and Bob Jones talked about this is the prophet, was involuntarily twitching like crazy at the Lord confirmed to me that as long as there is a remnant of a remnant of a remnant who hate false love and persist in circumcising the membranes and foreskins on sapphire stones, I will stay in the earth and he will not take me. And I felt like confirmation. He's been in a season of testing all the remnant, and people are be, some of them be passing their tests. So that's good, which means we have confirmations. We're on the right timeline, right path, which is righteousness, ruling and reigning on the earth. And another note from Bob Jones about the 2050s. 2050s, and then it continues a little bit through 2060s, depending on where you're at in the heights. The real testing, the real testing doesn't even come until like 2050s, okay? When there's the ab abundance, like a tremendous abundance he was talking about coming to the people of God. There it goes again. And what are you going to do with it? So when it does come to you, what are you going to do with it? The people who passed those tests in the 2050s and 2060s, he said those will be the revealed and manifest sons of God. And so we have not really been tested yet. You have not really been tested yet. But uh, I hope you are one of the ones who get a chance to. So as you keep progressing, you're faithful. And more is given to you, then he's, there's the testing of when more comes. Are you going to be faithful with it? So just noting the times and the seasons that have been prophesied so you can prepare yourself in your inner man that you will be fortified in steel Shekinah. And that Shekinah, true metal, fortified on that solid rock upon which we stand, which is Jesus Christ, his will, his ways, and being in right standing with God, doing the righteous thing. And whatever comes, whether it's, you know, easygoing, whether it's abundance, whether it's persecution, whatever is coming your way, that you'll be faithful with little, and then you'll be faithful with much. And those will be the revealed sons of God. Yeah, faithful and true, the rider of the white horse, uh, Revelation 19. And uh, let's end with that. That's the, the army of God that comes from the heavenlies that's reigning down on earth. These are the kings. You need to understand that kingship is a title entrusted to those who live in the heavenly Jerusalem. And without that title of his name on the forehead, there's no citizenship in that place. So all of the lower disconnection where we're not kings, we're not lords, you know, we're not blessed and we're not resurrected. All of that shame of the fall is being removed from your lives and from your hearts and your minds and your houses and your marketplace, your family, all of that, that all of that curse is being removed by the Holy Spirit and his angels. And if you can continue to receive that word from heaven, you will go up and if you'll feel the change in your mindsets, you'll feel the change in your body. You'll be in a higher vibration. Everything in creation has a vibration, a, new, a numerical equation, a fragrance, and a color. And so all of that has a greater glory. We were noticing right before broadcasting tonight. Increase of color. The color is so much brighter. We went outside to the porch. I was staring at this piece of mango in my hand for a good minute. Like, wow. And I, took a my, I lifted, lifted my sunset. sunglasses. 
just to make sure it's not the sunglasses because I had my glasses on right for the show. So I'm over here lifting my sunglasses up, putting them back down, lifting them up, staring at this piece of mango until I realize there's a glorious sunset out there to go look at. And so I got there. Every it's just time amazing. the glory intensifies in your soul, colors are more vibrant. That's some of the fruit of the spirit because fruit is vibrant. You check out fruit. Well, you want to look at the color, don't you? Every time you go to the grocery store to pick up fruit, if you have a brown apple, you might say, I don't think so. It's <laughs> Not the wrong today, color. Satan. Amen. <laughs> so checking the fruit is also checking the color <sighs> and the quality of the fruit. Well, the glory of God is the source of all fruitfulness. It comes from the upper garden of Eden and it's a color. So it's a very vibrant thing. Now, I tell you the truth, as these colors intensify in your lives, you begin to notice that you're in different wow. realms. You begin to see that that's when the fragrances come. You begin to experience heaven in a much more tangible way. Your senses that were down in the lower realms through sin, where the snakes could go through your senses, through the five physical senses, through repentance of the natural man, and now the inner man being elevated by the word of God and the glory of God, the Holy Spirit and his angels, your senses experience different heights. And speaking of these things, uh, I think there is one other thing. Uh, this is my finger, which is the prophet. is still going crazy. So I think there's something else to say. Uh, yeah, just point at them and release the spirit of prophecy. You're going to need it. It's an impartation and an energy. Let it go into your spirit. The spirit of prophecy of Jesus Christ to awaken your hearts to the things of heaven and the purposes of God and the plans of God and the ranking of the angels of God that you might be a soldier in Joel's army in these days in Jesus name. Amen. And uh, my finger is twitching over Jesus's prayer request. Uh, Bob Jones had an encounter. He had a visitation with the Lord. It would appear to him a certain day. He said he was going to come. And he sat down at the table with him. And Bob Jones, being the wise man that he was, didn't have any questions. He was given time to come up with his questions for the Lord. And he thought the wisest thing was not. He said, so do you have your questions ready? He said, no, Lord, I don't have any questions. Because he thought it would be the wisest thing to just hear whatever the Lord wanted to talk about. Instead of the questions that... He might have the burning questions about something he wants to know about. And that's when the Lord proceeded to tell him about the future. Where are the and dinosaurs? And that's when he prophesied uh, 2020 stair steps where I'd walk into it. So I just want to thank Bob for that. If he hadn't, if he wouldn't have prophesied that. So prophecy opens the door. And that prophecy, I believe, is what allowed me to walk into that stair steps. And uh, so that's really cool. But this was so... After he got done telling about this stuff, Jesus had a prayer request for Bob. And I feel like, wouldn't it be nice to answer the Lord's prayer request? Everyone wants to give God their prayer request, yes, but let's Jesus... answer the Lord's prayers. That's <laughs> what I'm talking about. What did Jesus ask Bob to pray about? This is Jesus' prayer request to Bob. He said, Dear friend... He said, dear friend, <laughs> uh, would you pray some prayers to me so I can answer them?
and then he gave him Psalms 12.1. Help, Lord. All the godly men perish, and no one lays it to heart. <laughs> he was saying, there's no champions left. They're all dead. Restore the dread champions. Many of the champions are gone. He wanted men and women that would champion his cause on the earth. And the common grace is being removed. It's not going to rain on the just and unjust anymore. Help, Lord, all the godly men perish, and no one lays it to heart. Restore the dread champions, and it's through your rising and the sapphire stone and the sephirot and each sapphira of text, number, and communication, communication with God Most High, you are the dread champions being restored. You are Jesus' prayer being answered as you rise. So you're rising through the sacrifice of your self-nature, the fallen angel nature, fallen human nature, is what answers Jesus' prayers. And so let that be true in your life. And that's how you can bless the Lord, oh my soul, not just to sing it. Bless the Lord. Let's actually be a blessing to the Lord and rise on sapphire stones through circumcision of the heart. Amen. Bless you guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Ladies and gentlemen, esteemed members of our beloved RLM TV community and honored guests, it is with a heart full of gratitude and excitement that I am before you today to discuss a matter of great importance, one that transcends the boundaries of our individual lives and reaches into the very core of our collective mission as viewers and supporters of RLM TV. Today we come together not only as fans but as stewards of a divine calling, a calling to support the works of ministry and secure a home for our spiritual journey right here in the heart of Florida. As many of you are aware, the ministry we share through RLM TV is not confined to digital screens before us. It extends beyond reaching into the lives of those in need, offering solace to the weary and spreading the message of love and compassion to all corners of our digital community. It is a ministry fueled by faith, compassion, and a deep-seated commitment to making a positive impact in the lives of others. Our vision is clear, our mission resolute, and the path ahead very promising. Yet to achieve the great heights we envision, we must confront the practical realities that come with the responsibility of sustaining and expanding our ministry through RLM TV. Today I stand before you to speak about the need for us to join hands and hearts in taking up support and offerings, not merely as an obligation, but as an opportunity to invest in the divine work we are collectively undertaking. First and foremost, let us reflect on the significance of supporting RLM TV. Support is not merely a financial transaction. It is a sacred act of obedience, trust, and gratitude. By giving our support, we express our faith in the divine providence that guides and sustains us. It is a way for us to acknowledge the blessings bestowed upon us and to share those blessings with others. When we support, we actively participate in the continuation of God's work through the powerful medium of RLM TV. Now as we consider the expansion of our ministry through RLM TV and the need for a permanent digital home here in Florida, let us view this as an exciting opportunity to sow seeds that will bear fruit for generations to come. 
Just as the farmer invests in fertile soil to yield a bountiful harvest, we too are called to invest in the digital soil of our community, providing a stable and nurturing environment for the growth of our spiritual family. The acquisition of resources is not a mere transaction. It is an investment in the future of our ministry through RLM TV. It is a commitment to create a space where lives will be transformed, where people will find refuge in times of trouble, and where the light of our shared faith will shine brightly for all to see on the screens that connect us. I understand that each of us has unique circumstances and the level of contribution may vary. However, let us remember that it is not the size of the offering that matters most, but the spirit with which it is given. Whether our gift is large or small, let it be a reflection of our dedication to the work of the divine through RLM TV. As we embark on this journey together, let us be inspired by the words of the Apostle Paul. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. 2 Corinthians 9.7 May our collective support overflow with joy and purpose. May our contributions be a testament to our commitment to the works of ministry through RLM TV and the establishment of a spiritual home in this beautiful part of God's creation. Together, let us build a legacy that will endure, a legacy that speaks not only of our faith, but of the boundless love that unites us all. Thank you, and may God bless each and every one of you abundantly as we embark on this sacred journey together through RLM TV. Amen.